Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For so many of us, the Judd family feels like our family. They've been so famous for so long, beloved by so many. Winona, as you'll hear her joke about, is wearing sequins during this afternoon's conversation I have with her. It's not just her signature style, but really a metaphor for her bold and sparkling spirit. But today, the tone is noticeably heavier. What's weighing on Winona, of course, is the passing of her mom, Naomi. Country music lost a legend. Winona also lost her singing partner. They became famous as a duo known as the Judds. You can't say the name Winona without thinking about Naomi. Naomi passed away in April of 2022. She was just one day shy of her induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame. An autopsy report stated she died by suicide. The last words Winona said to her mother, I love you. And I would whisper love so loudly Every heart can understand The love and only love That's a performance of Love Can Build a Bridge. That was the final time Winona and her mom sang together. As you can hear through their music, the bond between them was undeniable. I caught up with Winona here at 30 Rock after she performed her heart out on the plaza a testament to Winona's devotion to her fans and also the remarkable role music plays in her healing. Her emotions are raw, her grief apparent, yet her courage to sit with me and share so much so candidly is so true to character, unafraid. I'm Hoda Kotby. Welcome to my podcast, Making Space. One of my favorite new things about you is that you don't, you're, you're over shoes. You're over shoes. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Now, what is it about the, why? Your feet are tired. You're tired. I want some better answer than the real answer. <laughs> uh, my husband said, you're different when you wear high heels. Oh. And I want you to play the way you play when you're barefoot. <gasps> Like, think about it. That's very profound. It's like wearing makeup. You act different when you wear makeup. It was something to think about, and I did it, and I'm glad. Because I sing differently, and I play differently when I don't have shoes on. And I made a comment to you, because it sounded better, that yeah. after the pandemic, only thing that matters is from here up. Yeah, your voice. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
by the way, I feel like there are times in our lives where we're just like, it's enough already. Mm -hmm. It's enough baggage we're carrying. It's enough pain we're lugging around. I agree. And I think for you, one of the things that you have been talking about is forgiveness. Why, Nona? Forgiveness. Mm. You say, I've forgiven. I'm working on it. Okay. So who do you want, who do you need to forgive to feel Mm. lighter and better? Gosh, who do I not need to forgive? I'd say there are so many people on our lists by the time you're 58. You just start to go, like my sister and I are working on our stuff. Gosh, ex-husbands, my mom. I have a lot of forgiveness because I'm one of those kids that grew up, everything is okay, everything is okay. No, it wasn't okay that your mom didn't tell you the truth about your real father. It's not okay. But then you learn to forgive kind of thing. I know that's a lot. But I do think that forgiveness piece, by the way, like forgiving your mom, forgiving her for she was trying to do Mm -hmm. her best, but that's all Mm -hmm. she could do. But I feel like forgiveness is like you do it every day. Yes. It's not like, oh, and they're forgiven. Now let me move on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that how you've been dealing with it? Is it a process? Yeah. Totally. So the reason I talk about my mom so much is because I spent the majority of my life with her. Mm -hmm. So something she said to me that helps me with forgiveness is, if Mm -hmm. I had known better, I would have done better. If I'd have known better, I'd have done better. I don't know what else to tell you. That's it. She did the best she could. She could. And sometimes it wasn't good enough. And I could forgive her because I know her heart. Mm. Those were not my intentions, she would say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes pain comes unintentionally. I mean, they don't mean it. They don't mean anything Mm -hmm. by it. It's all Mm -hmm. they knew, but we still receive it that way. Um, I was watching a clip of you and your mom singing that final time. And I thought about a lot of things. I thought about what we see watching that. And then I thought about what you saw minus that very public moment where you sang together. What was that last day? She was very fragile. She was. Yeah. And I think it's because she hadn't sung in a long time. Mm. And I think when our parents get older, their world gets smaller. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's kind of heavy, too. Mm -hmm. And she was late, and she's never late. And I think she was nervous, And I think it was so much of an expectation to do it for CMT awards. Mm -hmm. And I just think it was like, (gasps) imagine being that nervous, you know, and having to go out. Had you ever seen her that nervous before? Not really. Not the way she was nervous that Mm -hmm. day. I think as you see your parents getting Mm -hmm. older and dealing with anxiety or for whatever reason, if they get lost or... You just, it's weird. Yeah. It's really strange. Did you try to comfort her or? I I did. I'll tell you who comforted her was Cactus. He came out from behind the drums and came down and kind of got between us. It was snowing, raining. Yeah. It was 40 freaking degrees Mm -mm. and I was barefoot and I was just freezing. (laughs) And it was one of those moments where you're, you know, the wind's in your Mm -hmm. hair and you're like, oh. (laughs) And I think she was just overwhelmed. (sighs) And I think that day was hard for me to see her that way. Yeah. Because I had not seen her that way very often. I'd seen her that way personally, but not professionally. Not professionally. Mm -hmm. Did you want to just, did you assume that this was one of those 
I wanted days. to pull her wig off. It, what? <laughs> You're so bizarre. I wanted to pull her wig off. You she did? had this wig on yeah. that was like up to here, and I was so frustrated with her at one point. And aren't we all with our parents? <laughs> yes. At some point, we want to go, knock it off. Stop. You know? Yeah. And I did. I wanted, so when when I hear you start to say, I think I know what you're, where you're going. Yeah. And the first thought in my head was, no, I don't want to hug her or comfort her. I want to pull her wig off. Because that was the dynamics of our relationship. It was tough and tender. Mm. We're both so alpha and determined that it was sometimes hard for me to be tender with mom because I'm the lead singer mm-hmm. and I'm on my own, you know, version of life mm-hmm. on my own journey. And I think it occurred to me that all of a sudden she looked at me and blinked, and I knew then that something wasn't right in terms of her being off a little bit, like mm-hmm. nervous, and I, I softened, which mm. I think is God's grace. Mm. And I just kind of reached out and touched her hand like, I'm here. I got mm. you. It's okay. Mm. And I'm glad I did that because that was the last time we performed together. Mm. I'm glad I didn't stay stuck in my perfectionism is my point, I guess. I mean— just saying the words, that's the last time we performed together is a lot to say. That's a, mm-hmm. I mean, I've known you since forever, and mm-hmm. I've known you as a half of a pair. Mm-hmm. Like, even sitting with you as Very we Very strange to yeah. even talk about it. It's yeah. So, these are the first real interviews I've done since mom left, really, where I've talked about it this much. It's you very strange. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's not because I just met somebody who lost their Mm. brother to suicide. So we've all got a story. So I don't think of anything other than just saying it like it is. I really don't. I've been doing this long. Like you said, I've been doing this forever. I've known you forever, and I trust you, and I know that people know me. I've been doing this a long time. You know— Trauma is something that's hard. You wish you had a big squeegee or an eraser. You could just erase it from your brain. I have so much. Yeah. Have, yeah. But the, the the trauma of the day your mom passed, we all worry about our moms passing away, but the idea that that's coupled with horrible traumas a lot for a... You're still a little girl inside, a mm-hmm. little girl to carry. It's too much to process at times because I'm still... I'm not in denial. I guess where I'm at is, um, well, my grief counselor said there are six stages of grieving, not five. And I'm like, what? Okay. And he said the sixth one is, wait for it, finding meaning. Oh. In other words, there's meaning for me in my grieving mom. And the meaning Mm -hmm. is somewhat forgiveness and somewhat give myself a freaking break (laughs) as a mother. (laughs) Because I don't. I'm really hard on myself. As a mom? Mm Mm-hmm. So you want to, like, forgive yourself for all this stuff? I do. I'm the worst. I I judge everything, and I, you know, people think I'm so sassy, and when I say I'm introverted and shy, that's because I know how to work. I know my purpose professionally. Yeah. I didn't always know my purpose personally. Uh huh. Like I felt like such a misfit. I didn't fit in even in church. Really? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Ashley was the popular one. French club cheerleader. All the stuff. I was the moody musician. <laughs> You're lazy. No, I'm a dreamer. Right. I mean, opposites, really, the mm-hmm. two of you. So how do you, because you were talking about your grief counselor told you about the six stages of grief, but how do you how do you deal with 
that on a day-to-day basis, the trauma that you had to go through. You go to work? Yeah, that's what you do. Well, I was going to ask you the same. I mean, what do you do when your loss exceeds your Mm. joy in your day? Oof, oof. Yeah. I don't know how to take time off. Not really, because I'm such a doer and I like to fix things and I have, you know, 40 animals and I go feed and I go play. I do stuff. I'm not really good at sitting still. This whole Bible thing of, oh, be still and know that I'm God. No, rock and roll. (laughs) Go hang out with Post Malone. I go do things because I don't like to sit still and suffer in silence. I like to (laughs) go and do things. And so I don't know how to be still, Hoda. I'm working on that, but it's not easy. I was taught to work my whole life. Coming up, Winona shares one of the darkest moments in her life. And I'm still here, and it's a miracle. And how music got her to the other side. That's next. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How did you get the greatest comfort? Was there something or someone who... My mamma. In my life, you mean? Yeah. So that's um, where you got the most, like, comfort? What's mm-hmm. like, like a warm hand on your heart? That's what it felt like? When I wrote the book, I did a whole chapter on food is comfort, comfort is food, because my grandmother cooked for me. And both grandmothers, one uh-huh. was a cook on a riverboat, for crap's sake. <laughs> so she really knew how. And she would sit, and it was the only time I ever had an adult that seemed to have a lot of time for me. Yeah. So that, to me, equates unconditional. She listened. She listened, and I just was enamored by that. And that's where you got— Because the parents were young, and they were working, and they were too young to have kids, really should have not had kids at that age. And so they were always active and over—not fully present, let's put it that way. Yeah, sure. But you had that steady She was my comfort, and she would ask me to sing to her, which I just thought— She's the only person in the family that wanted to hear me sing. <gasps> the first one. Mm-hmm. I, she was the Mammal. first. Wow. Yeah. What'd you sing to her when you were a kid? I would sing whatever. I mean, when you're a kid, it was probably something that didn't rhyme or wasn't very good. <laughs> but in the end, she was my biggest fan. And I. she never got to see me perform on stage, oh. though, ironically. Really? And I sang at her funeral. Yeah. The women in my life that meant the most to me were listening 
as you know, listening is the greatest gift you can give your kids, right? Yeah. It really is. It's the greatest thing ever. So Mamma was it. We had a lady who came on the show the other day, and I, she had three grown daughters. And I said, can you, I just ask you, what? how did you raise up these girls? They seem like amazing girls. And she said, oh, simple, it's four words. I said, tell me. She said, listen and love, love, love. That's all. That's she said, it? that's it. She said, <laughs> why didn't I know this? Crap. But it's, it's that's some, a good one. It's something about that. It's like, because you feel seen. And you know what you do when you perform? Because I was watching it on the plaza and I've seen you do it. People feel seen. Mm. I've been to concerts where people look, the performer looks over and through and hey, you are like <laughs> Mary. I feel like you, I was like, does she know her? Like you have this thing <laughs> when you look you see them. I've been to your concert. I went to Leaper's Fork. I laid down a blanket mm. and I watched you. And mm. I remember being in awe because I thought she sees us. She mm. saw me. You didn't know me. I, I was there. You didn't know I, you know, whatever. But I felt seen by you. I mean, I think that's kind of a, Interesting. a gift. Do you? Thank you for saying that, by the way. That's an affirmation. I think it's because, and I'm probably going to cry. I was so voiceless growing up in my family. And in our family, I learned uh, that we would rather be right than be loved. Ugh. And so there wasn't a lot of communication. So I feel the way the fans do about feeling anonymous. Mm. And I look for the one that looks sad or, and I know that could, could be really negative if you're not careful and it probably mm -mm. is not a no. great thing, but I'm looking at the woman who's maybe not as attractive, that's going to get overlooked, mm. who's just not as exciting or maybe doesn't have the right beautiful hair or maybe she's not carrying herself very, you know. Confidently. Confidently, yeah. yeah. I just, I think I feel these people and I I feel like there's a part of me in them huh. that feels that I want to be loved. Maybe that's part of it. And because I know that because of them, I don't have to get a real job. <laughs> There is that piece where I swear to God, I was 18 years old. I would have been incarcerated or probably dead because I tried suicide at 18 and then got a record deal. So I went from zero to 60. Think about that for just a moment. I didn't have any idea of what's going on. So I think I feel those people, if that makes sense. At 18, what 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 was happening that was, was so bad? Sort of, you know, thrown out of the house. And I went dark, and my stepdad tried to rescue me and said, you're going to college. And I became hopeless, and I just said, I can't, I can't imagine my life without music. Hmm. And I went there, and I'm still here, and it's a miracle. But I know this with all of my heart. I have such a passion for people who feel that anonymous, you know what I'm saying? That they don't feel Visible, seen. yeah. Yeah. Because so many people have that. It's like you don't have a voice. That's why I look at people in the airport or if I'm walking down a hotel hallway, I will say, hey, because people just are so Head good. Head down. At, yeah. I feel it. It's so funny. I was talking to someone who's kind of like a therapist type and she said, you know, how did you feel with your father? And I said, I, you know, I felt like he didn't 
see me. Like, I just didn't feel seen. And she said, oh, that explains it. And I said, that explains what? And she said, well, you're in a job where now everybody sees you. And I, because I always wondered why, like, why did Mm. I go into this profession, quite frankly? Because it doesn't really fit with my personality. I mean, it kind of does. I'm a cheerleader. Like, I like to make people Mm -hmm. feel good. But I don't get the thrill of, you know. You're not the fame person. No, I'm not. You love people. Yeah. 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 But when she said that, it was like the lights went on in the house. I said, oh, my God, maybe that was why it it fit for me, even though I didn't, you know, you don't realize. I think that's part of it for me, too. That's interesting you say that. What are you getting from your therapist and life coach? Because you're talking about how you're getting through these these days. They tell me that I'm not completely out of my mind Mm -hmm. for feeling the way I do at the time I feel it. I'll go ahead and say it. D- David Kessler. He's mm-hmm. written, you know, some books about it because he's that good. He said to me, you're right on time. I think he's the first person mm-hmm. that said to me, I wouldn't go telling everybody publicly mm-hmm. what you're feeling, but it's okay here and you're safe. And I just felt safe mm-hmm. in saying this stuff because I was mad. I was so mad at the time just because that's where I was. And he just basically said, it's okay. It's okay to be angry. It's okay. Yeah. Because I think so many times we give our parents a pass because they're the parents and we're taught honor thy mother and thy father. Mm -hmm. And you honor what's honorable. You know, sometimes it's not okay. And I think he just basically said, there's no manual. There's no, just like having kids, there's no correct way to do this. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're on this schedule. Mm -hmm. We all do. Oh, it's been six months or it's been a year. You should be dating again. You know, you should be over this. Yeah, you should be past this. Bless your heart. Yeah. And I think it's just nice for somebody to say to me, I hear you and (laughs) I see you. And you're not like, get out of your head. You know, it's okay. (laughs) Thank God for somebody that just says, you're right on time. This is where you (laughs) should be. Trust. The process. If I hear that one more time. (laughs) But they continue to say, trust the process. I actually have that on a painting in my bedroom. Do you really? Trust the process. I know. Whatever the process is. What is What is it? I don't understand. (laughs) Just trust the process. (laughs) What kind of conversations have you had with God after your mom's passing? I had a lot of conversations with her. Did you? Yeah. About what? I'm like... Constantly talking to her about, well, what the hell am I supposed to do about wardrobe? Because she was always the wardrobe. Oh, she was the one who picked oh, the Oh, yeah, outfits. she's totally, well, she picked it first, then I had to try to match her. Uh-huh. Why do you think I wear black? Because oh. everything I did was black, because she would wear gold lame. Uh-huh. For God's sake, who wears gold lame, you know, to church? She does. Anyway, I talked to her a lot about... I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I kept saying, why? Why? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? So I talk a lot to her and I see things like that and they help me because I'm struggling. I'm still struggling big time with why did you do this? I don't. And I know that we need to take the two words mental health out of the vocabulary because people aren't going to reach out for help if they keep hearing mental illness. Yeah. They're going to not ask for help. We've got to come up with another term. Another term. Yeah. I just think I'm such a help 
one person. I want to help other people not do what my mother does. I talked to her a lot about what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do now? We were supposed to do a record together. Uh, we were supposed to do this tour together. We're supposed to. We're supposed to. Life is a mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was mad for a long time because it was like, this. the story can't end like this. This is No, this is not how the story Mm-mm. is supposed to end. I don't. Uh, so that's been mm-hmm. my exasperation is how am I supposed to go on stage without you? Mm-hmm. So I walked around the house for a couple of days going, I can't do the tour. I just can't do the tour. You're going to have to tell them I can't do it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I changed oh. my mind. What changed your mind? What was it? I thought about the fans and the um, <laughs> what I had learned from a major rock star. I won't mention names, but Bono said, <laughs> no, he said, give them what they want not what you want. That's my job is to provide words to help encourage or to help them grieve or whatever. So I don't know. I just, I do know. I said, tell me why I should do it. Hmm. And my husband gave me enough reasons, I guess. He really helped me because I was in a a bit of a, the glass is half empty. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to carry, man. That's why I wear sparkles in the (laughs) afternoon. Coming up, Winona opens up about her faith and why she loves being a grandma. That's next. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Issa as host Issa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What about the the faith piece of your life, which is, I think, a big, it's like a huge part of your life. It may be most of your life, but how has that been playing for you during Boy, this difficult that's time? A great question. Well, I will be honest with you and tell you that I haven't always been this faith. As a matter of fact, I tried it on my own. I really did. Like the whole, I don't need you. I could do this myself. It didn't work out so good. Yeah, <laughs> it really sucked. And the faith piece for me is, God, it's so much better when you realize, oh, there's a higher power mm-hmm. and I'm not it. Because mm-hmm. I was raised to believe that I could, I mean, I, I made a joke one time in an interview that the Judd women are so confident, you know, you would almost expect us to be able to self-pollinate. I mean, <laughs> honestly, because we're so self-sufficient. Marching through the storm. (laughs) But I swear to you, the older I get, the more I need God because of just circumstance, Mm. of just 
when you know my story with my daughter mm-hmm. someday when we do our glory story, mm-hmm. people are going to go, oh, okay. Just like I talked to this young lady this afternoon briefly about her story, and I was what did like— she, What was her— She lost a brother to suicide, and oh. the story is horrendous. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, my God, how are you dressed and in public? What makes a person hang on, and yeah. what's the difference between yeah. someone who does and doesn't? And I'm learning so much right what, now. What is— I don't know the answer. Yeah. None of us do. Mm-hmm. I just know that the most important thing you can do ever is to reach out, Mm -hmm. even on a good day. You know how you have to take your kids to the pediatrician Mm -hmm. when they're well Mm -hmm. so they could see them well? Mm. So I call my life coach when I'm having a good day so I don't just bitch and complain about things. I think all of this is so fascinating what I'm learning right now. And the only thing I can say is finding meaning in all of this is... If I can help one person out there not take their life, then I've done my part. I'm not responsible for, you know, the human race. I know sometimes we get in trouble because we think we're supposed to carry everybody. Hmm. I just want to help one person. And if that person can write to me and say, yeah, I decided not to, that would bless my heart big time Hmm. because... We all matter, and I don't know why things happen the way they do. I just know that what I'm doing, like showing up this morning, I saw the rain, and I was like, Hmm. oh, uh, I spent hours, (laughs) hello. On the hair. On the hair, and I saw those sweet people out in the front, and there was that woman standing off to the side that had made her own T-shirt. She was so proud, and she kept showing me, and I pointed to her, and I said, I love it, and it made her smile. I don't know what else to tell you. It's real easy to be on TV by showing up. Not so easy. But we get to be loved on and doted on. Mm -hmm. And here's a better seat in the restaurant. Would you like to sit in first class? Mm -hmm. I'm like, where were you when I was on welfare? (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. It's nice to see people smiling back at you that don't feel as loved. And she was by herself. Um, and I thought about that. By the way, the whole thing about what you carry, I, fi- I find that so important. I interviewed Mitch Album, who wrote Tuesdays with <gasps> Maury. Remember that book? Oh, my gosh. So so get this. He actually never had children, he and his wife, and they started this orphanage in Haiti. He brought a little girl home. Her name was Chica, and he and his wife were caring for her. She was very ill, very Just ill. Just caring like foster? Well, and almost adopting this little girl. She ended up, sadly, passing. But the story is this. He said, Hoda, this was the most incredible time for me. And I said, why? He said, because we were trying to get her all the help and care she could. One day, it was Super Bowl Sunday. He said he literally had to physically lift her up, put her in a chair, lift her up, bring her to the kitchen. She was that incapacitated. And he is a sports writer. And it was the Super Bowl. And he said, okay, sweetie, I've got to go take care of this Super Bowl thing. I got to write a story and I'll be back. And she said, where are you going? And he said, well, I have to go because it's my job. And she said, your job is to carry me. And he said, in that moment, he realized you're defined by what you carry. Do you carry your job? Do you carry this little girl? What do I carry? And I thought about you right here. You're carrying, you're literally why carrying those fans You are lifting them. And when I saw you looking at them, I was thinking about that. Like, who are we? You carry your family legacy. You carry, you know, your granddaughter. I mean, Mm. you carry all the right things. But that's such a definition of you. 
I need Kleenex. It's okay. I don't okay. care. I cry so much right now. It's fine. <laughs> Often we carry the right, you know, I've. Oh, I've carried I've, the wrong people. Me too. The wrong people, the wrong things. What do we value? What matters? Oh what's gosh. important to us? You know. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. I mean, but my some, God. Speaking of babes, there's a little girl you're carrying, your your granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what has she brought to your life during this time? I have it on video, three weeks. And she's laying in the crib and I'm singing our little song. What is that? One of them is um, the I love you, you know, yeah. you love me. Yeah. We're, we're a wacky family. <laughs> is that what you say? Yeah, wacky. But anyway, I'm, I'm singing mm-hmm. it to her and mm-hmm. she looks up at me oh, gosh. and smiles. <gasps> and she's three weeks. That's really early. So I have it on video so when she's older, I can say, you love me the most, don't you? <laughs> you knew then. Because she's looking through into me in a way that's not about makeup or mm-hmm. success or anything that people assume that you're operating out from. She loves me and she looks right through wow. me and she knows me and I can't be her. Kids know, <laughs> Kids don't they? Know. They, know. They, they know everything. They and, do know. But she's like the magic fairy dust. What has she done to your life? So I'm laying there and I've got cartoons on <laughs> Paw Patrol uh-huh. and I'm taking a break and she keeps talking in the crib and I'm like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And she just keeps getting louder and louder and louder. And finally, she just cries. And I go, okay. And I turn off the TV and I go over to her and she looks up at me and smiles. It's almost as if she was saying, nothing is more important than I am. And I just, she reminds me that I'm just not that big of a deal. She's the big deal. Is my she's the big deal. She's the big deal. Like, yeah, so what if you, you know, won five Grammys? How are those working for you in terms of right this minute? Because my diaper's dirty and you're going to change it. There's really not a whole lot you could do about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. <laughs> she had pooped her diaper. She was basically like, I don't care if you give me a new car. It don't matter. I need you to change my diaper. <laughs> I said, wait. Okay. Yes. Wait. From front to back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh my god that's so beautiful what a bright light you have you got some bright lights man they must help you you like being a grandma by the way i love it so much because i can shut down everything mm-hmm. i do i shut down everything i don't have a computer i don't go online except professionally through somebody because i have a thing about yeah. I'm easily distracted, yeah. and I have OCD, all these dynamics. Yeah. And she just lets me shut it all down, and I can play. So ba- just second to- chance to play when you're a grandparent. Oh my God. And the Jed women have done a lot. I mean, you've left such an, an imprint. When people think your mom, how would you want them to remember her? Mm. My mother was very kind. And always made people feel, even in, whether it was a limo driver or, you know, the maid in the hallway, she always spoke to everyone. Mm. She will be remembered for that, the kindness. Um, And the ones that didn't know her, I would say give her a break because they're going to judge her based on what they know about the suicide. 
<laughs> so I would like for her to be remembered, you <laughs> know, for being a great songwriter. And she's my queen. So <laughs> she's still my queen. I don't think your relationship with your mom ever changes. And You talk about her in the present tense, by the way. I do? Mm-hmm. Oh. A lot of the statements you said were, Interesting. were about like she's still here. So you must feel her here. Yes. A lot. You're you're just a, you're like a, a most amazing human being. Aww. I just want to say thank you for spending this uh, time with me today, for sharing your love for your mom, everybody, and being just who willing you are. to communicate. Yeah, you tell the truth, baby. That's what you do. All right, thank you. Oh, thank you for telling me about that about my mom. I oh my god. Thanks for listening. And if you or anyone you know is struggling right now, or if you'd like to talk to someone who can help, please call or text the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. Making Space with Hoda Kotb is produced by Allison Berger and Ursula Summer, along with associate producer Rachel Yawn. Our associate audio engineer is Juliana Mastrorelli. Our audio engineers are Tarek Fuda and Bob Mallory. Original music by John Estes. Bryson Barnes is our technical director. Mina Kathuria is our executive producer. Soraya Gage is our general manager. And Madeline Herringer is our head of editorial. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.